Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, welcome back to part two of our beautiful Christmas special, a cultural club roundup. If you haven't heard part one, it's on the feed. Need I say more? That's like 2023 has been a queer utopia, you know? I find myself so excited by how much is going on and seeing so many incredible things and Heartstopper is the first thing that comes to mind and something that all the listeners love so much. And I go, okay, so who is loving that? Is that just me and other queer people? Or is it something that is permeating the mainstream? Because... All these stars of Heartstopper have got millions of followers. That can't just be queer kids, right? Surely that's not the case. Uh, I mean, there's certainly been, I think, real cut through. I Mm. think this idea that it's not just for LGBTQ plus audiences anymore, that it can Mm -hmm. have people who are not from that community really engaging in it. I think certainly with Heartstopper, I also think with, for example, The Last of Us, you know, that, Mm. that huge show earlier in the year on HBO, but having that phenomenal 90 minute standalone episodes looking at Frankie and Bill's relationship like I think part of the joy of that even though it was a bit of a heartbreaker was because of it's the fact that we didn't expect it and here we are in this in this standalone love story I think also for me just the real kind of mainstream moment for me was was Doctor Who coming back with Mm -hmm. Russell T Davis of course shooting out while taking over but having that opening episode, without being too spoilerific in case you haven't seen it yet, mm. but having Yasmin Finney as Rose, but but her transness being at the heart of that episode. Because I think Russell T. Davis has always been brilliant at inclusivity, mm. but not just having inclusivity in terms of just having characters on screen so you feel like your life is being represented, but actually making them the story, making them mm. at the heart of the story too. And I think having that, representation for not only younger audiences but also that familiarity um with people who they might not know themselves if they're not from that community will mean so much in about 10 15 years time as people grow up and the ratings doing really well i think five six million people at least watching that first episode and then that's been creeping up as many people watch now on catch up so that's that's a delight to see so there are those moments of cut through yeah, and it's interesting because we're sort of talking about this shows that are, the whole thing is that they're queer and then there's these these sort of big mainstays or big shows like Last of Us, which, you know, that isn't what they're known for, but then they just sew this stuff in. And, and uh, you know, if you remember the reaction to the Last of Us episode when it, it was episode three, wasn't it, when, when that came out? Yeah. But then with the Doctor Who, so are the Whovians a traditionally very inclusive bunch do they embrace difference and um is that something they've always done i think so i mean certainly since the last few decades doctor who by default has always been i think forward thinking Mm. from the beginning a lot of the very early people who worked on the the show 
um, were not people who normally made or were given opportunities to make TV programs. I think mm. the storylines that it has incorporated through the years have always been forward thinking. And it's always about embracing difference, embracing the unknown. Also, as a like, if you look at the basics of a plot, it's about standing up against authority, you know, being mm. the outsider, but also being clever and smart and witty and, and kind of grouping together in order to to save the day. What I find so annoying, so annoying and so ridiculous is when you get people who haven't seen Doctor Who in years then write scathing articles or maybe take a moment from Doctor Who and tweet about it. You know, the GB News lot being mm. a bit like, I can't believe Doctor Who's woke now. And it's like, have you seen Doctor Who? like mm. in the last 30 years like that's that's what it's been i'm sorry to say that if it you know it's not woke now it kind of always has been in your de weird kind of cultural war definition woke <laughs> i mean it is it is essentially just what the show is and and i think that's the for joy of it the fact that it, it's able to make people feel seen and also at the end of the day i think it's got the balance right now about being entertaining and warm without feeling too preachy. It never feels like you're having a sit down kind of lecture. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I think that's Russell T. Davis, isn't it? You know, that he is an end, he knows how to write extremely entertaining stories, but also has a completely fearless confidence that nobody should be left out of anything. And he will push and push and push when others would stop. And, and I remember being told a story about it's a sin. And, and it was basically about him. There was one tiny thing they wanted him to do. And he basically said, if they want me to do that, I'm not doing the whole show. And he didn't even say it in a obstructive way. He was mm. just like, oh, what a shame. What a shame they don't want to make the thing I want to make. Oh, well, we can't do it. And it's it sort of, you need people like that to push through inclusivity in in television, in cinema, in entertainment, in music. You need people who will absolutely stick to their guns because it is easier to appeal to the mass market and say that, well, we should broaden it out and, well, we should do this. But he proves consistently with things like Doctor Who and It's a Sin and all of his work that actually... It being specific doesn't exclude anyone. As long as it's a great story, people will come. You're exactly right. And what I always love about TV and why I've become fascinated in it as a medium and why I work on it and write about it is the fact of it has a real ripple effect. If mm. you manage to have a real accurate portrayal of your life experience on TV, you see it and you remember it and you mm. cling on to it. And tell me a bit about your childhood and what those first shows you connected with Plus also like first queer things you connected with. I mean, there was a real lack back then. I grew up in Dorset where unfortunately I was quite kind of badly homophobically bullied at school. I oh, mean, I'm sorry to hear that. Just, just name calling the odd kind of, you know, egg thrown out the house, that kind of stuff. Whoa. And I think it was kind of difficult in terms of, you know, I was the only out person at school back then and I was for a few years and I had no issue with my, I was very comfortable being out and gay, but it seemed to be that everybody else did. So I was kind of wow. clambering. What age was that? Sorry. 14 was when wow. I came, came okay. out. Wow, okay. Amazing. Yeah, so it's a very, very early on, yeah. But I was at 14, very, very comfortable. 
back then but then i slowly realized as the kind of the rumors and speculation reverberated around the school that that they didn't feel the same way so i so i kind of use tv as as definitely a form of escapism but also i think to try to find a bit of myself out there and there was a real lack you know there was a real lack i think growing up near salisbury the only time i was able to really be involved in lgbtq plus culture was was getting attitude magazine always perennially on the top shelf and yeah. buying like five other, other magazines at the same time to make it kind of slip past the shop <laughs> yeah. assistants at yeah. the till i think a real breakthrough was was what a lot what it has been for a lot of people probably john paul and craig on holly oaks was yeah. was a moment also i mean because this is the thing like i wish i was able to watch things like queer as folk but it was on too late and and I was a bit cautious about watching it and recording it on the I was way too scared TV. to watch it. Yeah, so I I didn't really watch that until later. And and I think it was really interesting because we did have some real breakthrough stars and like soaps. Mm. But but what what I think really angered me and what irked me was how the media was portraying it. Like mm. you would have like a, a character like Todd and Coronation Street. But then the media were debating it like, should we be having kissing like this before the watershed? And and all of those national debates then pushed the mentality into me that somehow me kissing a guy was controversial. Mm. So like bizarrely, even though there were these real breakthrough moments of representation, it was still kind of in the society pandered as a debate. Yes. Um, it was like uni that I really started to 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 absorb myself in LGBTQ plus culture a bit more. Like a lot of it were, you know, when American soaps had kind of queer roles, I mean, sometimes played by straight actors, but yes. there was a little bit of a, oh yeah, of course, no, you're, you're gay, aren't you, et cetera, et cetera. And you, they'd never really be in the limelight that much, but they mm. kind of would, would be there. And then, and then shows like Six Feet Under, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I mean, kind of like queer coded shows or shows that certainly started to appeal to that community that I started to sort of find a bit of belonging. I mean, I'll be honest, it wasn't really until, even though I had been out by about 10 years, it wasn't until my mid twenties that I started to feel kind of properly comfortable in myself. I think a lot of the, the shadows of my teenage years, unfortunately lingered until I was in my mid twenties. And, and it was around that time, it was, you know, I started to fall in love with TV primarily because I started to realize about how much of a kind of force for good it can be. I, I always see TV, being like a crucial thing for like social change in this country mm. just because millions of people can see it and also you can watch it in a way where a character or somebody on a show really resonates with you but you don't have to tell anybody for years mm -hmm. you can just mm. absorb it hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I remember someone saying that if you want to affect change in Britain in terms of like gay people or something else on the margins that you want to bring into the mainstream, this person said, don't do a campaign, put it in a soap. 
And that's how you'll get people learning about it and accepting it. And as you were speaking then, you were reminding me that when... So I remember Bailey from Party of Five, I really fancied. He wasn't gay, but I was like, I really fancied him. And then it was Thingy's brother in Dawson's Creek was gay. Yes, 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 yes. That was certainly one for me. Yeah, yeah, Jack. And it must have been, the internet must have been available because I remember sort of Googling Jack from Dawson's Creek, which I'm doing as I speak. (laughs) And I was like, and I remember thinking that I didn't really fancy him that much, but it would do because he was gay. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, he's not ideal, but he'll be my one. And he's actually, I'm looking at an image of him. He's like impossibly handsome. So I don't know what I was talking about. Oh my God, there's pictures of him now, which I'm finding. Do you remember any of your crushes? Yes. One was loved every episode of Desperate Housewives. Mm-hmm. I've actually bizarrely on holiday fairly recently yeah. been rewatching it. And uh, Brie Vandekamp's son, Andrew, was a moment because there was this is a is a pinnacle mo- moment i think played by sean pry from and there's a <gasps> moment yes. where in season one like there's a pool scene and it cuts to one of the characters finding and making out with somebody and then you you think he's just making out with with a girl and then plot twist it's a guy and honestly jaw on floor it was <laughs> significant because i was like oh my god this like really good looking because he was around my age back then like like this really good looking guy is gay omg mm. and what was really nice actually is i when I, I years later i worked at buzzfeed and i kind of casually wrote about it and then i got a letter from him got an email from him saying thank you so much like no for mentioning it because he said that i've realized how much of a role that i've played in you know a lot of other people kind of realizing wow. about themselves which is which is so nice that's lovely. And and is he gay in real life? I don't think so. No, or he's not talked about it, about it publicly. Well, you should have asked in your reply. Oh, I <laughs> should have. That's me being a journalist, perhaps. It's really lovely. And also, like, you know, it's nice when someone is proud to affect change, I suppose. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, please, God, guide us, Scott, through 2024. What's coming up that we can look forward to? So, I mean, with like Christmas first, I'd mm. say there's a show that's so excited for, I don't know why, Nigella's Amsterdam Christmas, where Nigella just goes to Amsterdam and tries food and, and culture. Do you mean Amsterdam, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was a little bit like, wow, what is she going to get up to? I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Nigella, just such a just such a joy. There's also Hannah Weddingham. I mean, she's basically, they've replaced Christmas with just Hannah Wellingham now. Um, <laughs> she's doing like all the advertisements for it. And then she's also got that Apple TV Plus special, which what I loved about that is they filmed that in May. So mm-hmm. it's like her going on being like, it's Christmas. No, it's May. And it's the hottest day of the year when they filmed Yo, that back no. then. Yes, Everyone's melting. And then there's also just after New Year, there's the Traitors coming back for series two, um, which is which is ah, great. I think I'm intrigued whether I'm intrigued to see whether Claudia Winkleman is going to be wearing that polo jumper neck thing again because that was <laughs> exceptional. She was so good at that. Yeah, well, she needs um, to up her game because Alan then coming did the US one. Oh yeah, of course. And he then is like winning awards left, right, and centre for all his amazing outfits. So then, oh, Claudia, yeah. what you gonna do? 
I know, truly. I mean, yeah, she's she's she was so great in that because I think she started when she started doing that that the first series. She was playing like a villain character to start mm. off with. Like she threw down framed photos on the ground and all all of this stuff, like in a dramatic sense. But then I think she really fell in love with the cast, like, yes. and then was really rooting for them. And you can just see like her own excitement as the series went on. Just hope that they were able to like kind of work out who the traitors were. So good. It was a special um, bunch, yeah. Yeah, so it'd be really interesting to see whether they'll be able to replicate that because now, of course, everyone has seen how it works. Everyone will have their own gameplay. Sort of intrigued to see how that affects the flow of yes. of the overall series. There's also, of course, the new series of Big Boys that's coming back <gasps> by Jack Rook and Dylan Llewellyn and John Pointing, which is so good. Um, I absolutely adored that show when yeah, it was, was out brilliant. last year. And then there is like, well, two other shows that have piqued my interest. One is Rivals, which is a Disney oh, Plus yeah. adaptation of a Jilly Cooper book with quite an eclectic cast. There's David Tennant, Aidan Turner, and Danny Dyer. <laughs> and I'm like, sure. Fuck it. Wow. Why not? Oh, yes. Yes. What a joy. Okay. Danny and then there's also, there's also The Palace, which is a HBO drama, and it stars Kate Winslet. So, of course, Kate, Kate Winslet was in Mayor of East Town, and she was phenomenal in that. Mm. Very Happy Valley-ish in that in that role. This is totally different. She's now an authoritarian leader as a country starts to unravel and fall down. And from the trailer, like she she is a terrifying presence. It's such a transition from what she's got before, but I'm very wow. excited about that. She's amazing, and also was in Ammonite with Saoirse Ronan. Um, yes, yes, a beautiful movie. And I just think she does constantly interesting stuff. And yeah, I love her. I love her. I just want Anytime. one last final question for you. You are sure. world famous for your viral videos. Oh, thank you. Uh, tell me, what what was your fave this year? Or is there a new one that we can all go and look up? So I'm working on, I do this each year where I collate all of my favorite moments of the year. Like these are things that have gone wrong on news programs, segments on this morning that have gone completely off the rails and so forth. So I haven't yet uploaded that. You love but it. two of that that have stood out for me is when Kirsty Young was presenting the coronation coverage <laughs> yeah. and she was introducing Anton Dubeck, but yeah. then just refers to him completely deadpan, Anton Dubeck. <laughs> and then Anton's face as he looks at the camera, he just smiles. At the, at the camera, sort of breaking the war fourth wall. I love it. Absolutely delightful. And the second time is on Sky News and it's Mark Austin and it's during that prison escape and he's speaking to a oh, reporter yeah. called Danny Shaw. Yeah. So, he's, so he says, we're now going to pass over to a home affairs correspondent or whoever, Danny Shaw. And then he goes, good evening. But instead of saying Danny, he says, good evening, daddy. And it's um, <laughs> just, a, just a delight. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, <laughs> Scott, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for taking oh, the time. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, that was great. I mean, what a bumper year. It's been so good. It's been so good for queer stuff. So tune in next Thursday for a lovely chat with Theo van der Broek. Theo is a fashion icon, people. He is a writer for the likes of GQ and the FT and Soho House. And he's written a brilliant book. It's called The Closet, about his coming out experiences. And it's all about how clothes are an access point to many aspects of queerness. 
And it's the story of his life, really. And it's so brilliant and fun. If you don't follow him on Instagram, look him up. Very stylish. I mean, beyond stylish. Absolute lovely man. And I loved his book. It's um, so many things that we can all relate to about growing up queer and just done in a very funny way. And brilliant. He tells such a funny, embarrassing story in there that I'm just going to let you all read. We kind of touched on it in the interview. Um, but go get his book. It's available, you know, all good booksellers. Um, good ones. Get it there first. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm going to say that's the end of our Ho Ho Homo Sapiens Christmas special. And I'm sending you all loads of love. For those who celebrate Christmas, happy Christmas. For those who don't, I hope you're getting some time off work. Send us all your news over the Christmas period. Loads of love. Oh, oh at Homo Sapiens on Instagram. At, uh, hello at Homo Sapiens Um Okay, bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Powered by Spirit Studios.